Welcome to the In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast, resources, and other ways to get connected, please visit inthelight.church. When we talk about there's a difference between religion and relationship, what we're basically saying is this relationship that we have with God is one that we can hear his voice, that we hear him speak. Because any relationship that you're going to have, communication is going to be necessary for that to actually be a relationship. So religion is parking where he spoke. Relationship is being able to identify that he spoke, but he's still speaking. And he speaks to you and I. Isn't that amazing? That God speaks, that we can hear his voice. We can hear his voice. Hearing the voice of God and desiring that he's a God that desires that he is heard. Many have talked about, I heard God say this. I heard God say that. And I want us to learn how to hear the voice of God and speak on those things because I don't feel like I know their God that they're talking about. And I think people are hearing the voice of God. Don't get me wrong. There might be a sense that he is saying some things, but they're not getting God. I think when you don't know his heart, you will misinterpret what he's saying. And so, so many times they'll present something and it's like, really God said that? Or that's how you translate it, how God said that? I pray after this time, it becomes clear, the heart of God, the voice of God, so you understand how to translate what he's saying. You will be able to discern whether that's not the fullness of what really he's trying to communicate. It's easy to misinterpret when that happens. I don't know if you ever had a situation where somebody, you, you, somebody tells you about a friend of yours who you're good friends with, and they start to talk about something that they said. And they start to say, oh, yeah, they said this, and they did this, and they did that. And then you're sitting there, and even though your friend is not present to defend themselves, you're like, I don't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense what you're saying about my friend who's not here to speak themselves. It just doesn't make sense. It's like they're wrongly presenting to you this friend that you know them, but the way that they've been characterized by this other person who might not know them as much, but got like, you know, through whatever in their talking, sort of interpreted a certain way, and now they're trying to translate it to you, and you're like, but that's not my friend. You ever have that happen? Like, like it's, it's total misrepresentation. You know, uh, if you're a parent of kids, I know one of the things that in my children in their growing up is that oftentimes they would go to mom after they would meet with dad. After they meet with dad or dad would do something, and after dad would do something, they, the, the children would go over to mom and say, well, dad did this, and dad did that, and dad said this, and dad said that. And then like a good wife, she that's had more time with me, 
who knows my heart a lot more than maybe, you know, what, what my children are still developing and learning, she will be able to translate and interpret, this is not your dad's heart. This is not what he's saying. This is not what he's doing. I know that's how you're experiencing it, but as you're growing, you might have heard something communicated and said or done in a certain way, and you're still growing to learn his heart. Let me help you out. Are you following me? And so sometimes things are misinterpreted because you don't know the person who's communicating it. And you can't afford not to know the heart of God and then try to translate his voice. And the best way to, I guess, really develop an understanding of his heart and of his voice is that you practice his presence through his word. You do that through communion with him, and then you begin to develop an understanding of what his voice is saying by getting close to his heart. And guess what, guys? It's not going to take it's not going to be something that's just going to happen like tomorrow, next week. This takes years of interacting. This takes years of practice and, and, and moving in those places. What you hear in the beginning as he speaks to you later on down the road, it sounds differently when you get to know him more. There has to be some advantage, I believe, there has to be some kind of value for those who've been in their faith, practicing his presence, being in there a lot longer than maybe those who just starting it off and learning how to hear his voice. There has to be an advantage because we've been there a lot longer. We've been practicing that place. We've, we've heard him in different circumstances and worked this. So there has to be an advantage. Wouldn't you agree that the person who's been with a, a person this many years, that's why we celebrate when we see married couples that have been married for so long. It's like, man, they have had a lot of talks. They've had a lot of interaction. And that's amazing that they're like, here I am two years. And here they are 30 years. And, and we celebrate that because there's a value to being with somebody and being in relationship that long. You can almost guess the things that they've been through and interacted through and the love that they have that has brought them to this point versus something that's still de being developed after two years and after three years. Uh, I, again, uh, like, because we're talking about relationships, uh, there, there's a sense where marriage really helps you understand relationships with God as well. There's something to me and my wife's relationship as we're getting older we're not becoming more dull in our relationship. We're enjoying it more. We talk about that. It's like, man, this is getting better. This is getting better. It's like we getting over insecurities, things that ticked us off in the beginning don't tick us off anymore. I love just throwing socks everywhere. Ass. We just love each other. We're not going to fight over that. <laughs> Some of us, are trying to interpret in a moment sometimes what takes years to understand. And those who've been, again, there a lot longer and further can help you translate what you got in that moment, hearing the voice of God. He has a distinct sound. It's like you have to train your ears to understand the whisper. That's what Elijah figured out 
And Elijah, been there, done that, saw the fire, saw the earthquake, saw all that stuff. And there he was on that mountain that God spoke to him to go to. And it says, the fire came, the earthquake came, earth, wind, and fire, all that stuff. The band came, earth, wind, and fire. I said, no, no, none of, his voice is in none of that. And then there came a whisper, and it says, that's him. I, he's, he's trained his ear to notice the whisper. That's difficult because the world is noisy. Your emotions are noisy. Your biases are noisy. The culture is noisy. And here he comes, and he wants us to be able to train, be trained to hear the whisper, not just the voice, not, 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 not as always loud and audible. I believe it's a whisper that we have to train our ears for. There's two primary reasons God speaks to us, two primary reasons. You ready? Um, one of those primary reasons that God would speak to us is to help us to understand our function personally, how we should function. We are, he calls us the body of Christ. We are part of a body. So this is not an individual sport. This is a family ordeal. This is a team sport. You guys can amen anytime. I mean, I know I'm talking soft. I just, I just need to know you're alive. So it's a, it's a, it's a team. It's a, it's a us thing. So, but there's two primary reasons he speaks to us. And one is for personal function. And what I mean by that, he'll speak to us just trying to, helping us to understand how we should operate when it comes to, like, lifestyle choices and things that we're doing. And he, he'll, he'll speak to us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to interact. Like, how should I talk to my husband right now? How should I talk to my wife? How should I talk to that individual right now? And the voice of God, he wants to speak to you to help you to understand, maybe remind you of something in his word. And, and he, wants to, he wants to speak to you on how to conduct yourself and how you should function as a people with a team. Just, just, just personal function. That's one of the primary reasons. And it's personal. It's personal. It's, it's not like you always need somebody else to interpret that for you. It's, it's like him trying to speak it to you so that you know how to distinguish that whisper. For you, know, for you to know how to operate. And it's something to develop a trust in that relationship. He wants to speak to you about the part that you play in the body of Christ. Because we're all different parts, right? It talks about, you know, some of us are hands and some of us are feet and some of us have different functions and operations. And so he wants to speak to us and whisper to us what that looks like. How do I interact? Because I, I'm not a detached member. I'm part of a member. So how do I interact with the arm? How do I interact with the face? What do I do with those things? I I. I function differently. I see things differently. I see it from the perspective of the function I play. And he wants to help you so that the body moves well, that you're doing your part, but the arm is doing its part, and, and all those things are uh, flowing well together. He'll speak to you about personal function, whether it's serving or meeting a need in the current context that you're in. He'll speak to you. like, I want you to talk to that person in need. I want you to give money to that person in need. I, I want you to be a blessing. So he'll speak to you about just how to personally function given the circumstances that you're surrounded by. Are you following me? But then there's another way that he speaks and, or another uh, reason in his speaking 
One is for personal function, but the other is for life direction. Is where to go, where you're going in life, and what path you should take. The proof that you're listening is found in the fruit of your obedience. And life direction is, is when you're, you might be hearing from God about something, but because your life is not just your own, but it affects others, you don't do that by yourself. And, and, and you don't hear God all by yourself on what to do. That's because the reality is what you do in your life direction and what happens next affects a lot of other people. And so it can't be one of those things where I'm hearing God and I'm going and doing this. What's the purpose of being a part of the body? I was going to save this for, for later, but, but, but the reality is when body parts start to do whatever they feel like it, you don't think it doesn't look right on you. Like imagine your body parts start doing whatever they feel like. If your body starts doing whatever it feels like, it's spasmatic. It's not in order. It's chaotic. Something's wrong with you or something's wrong with that body. It's the headship and it's the rest of the things and how they operate that when you're going and hearing God on life direction, a lot more is involved with that. You don't hear God just by yourself. You might hear from God something, but there needs to be an interpretation and there needs to be a collective because your life doesn't just affect your own. So when you see that, and when you see hearing God and this is what I'm going to do, and then a lot of people are affected negatively about it, then it doesn't speak of the nature of God. You might have heard God, but in hearing God, the nature of God wasn't even captured. So, so let, me, let, me, let me help you with this. Is we can have biases and interpretation of what God is saying to us, but this is what God does. He wants to safeguard uh, how we hear his voice, and there's two things that help us on a life direction path of hearing from God. He puts these guard safeguards. He puts these guardrails. And what they are, are it's the word of God is one guardrail, and it's uh, the nature of God. These are the two, if you're going in a direction of hearing God's voice, this is what helps you from crashing and hurting when you have the word of God and the, and the nature of God are things you're considering when you are moving in the direction of his voice. Again, because we can have biases. In Hebrews 13, 17, it says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul. As those who have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So we, we hear God's voice, but here it says leaders and shepherds or those who are in headship in that body help you with the translation or the interpretation of what you're giving. In other words, we're not just here. We're there to watch your soul, not just to clean up your messes, not just to feed your face. And that's a lot of people, what they, that's how they picture 
What it looks like, well, I'm in church. You just feed me, feed me, feed me. Or clean up my mess. We're good to clean up your mess. We're good to feed your face. But we can't help you on next steps. We can't help you interpret. Okay, okay, the, we are watchers of each other, and that is something that needs to be, that's weighty. That's not one of those things like, that doesn't always feel good to have that much weight and responsibility that you know that God is entrusting you with people that also hear from him and that you need to consistently hear from him so that you're able to interpret and help them understand those next steps. That's weighty. That's weighty. That's nothing to toy with. That's nothing to feel like, well, yeah, you know, we're the boss and now we're in control. No, no, no. I'd rather not. I'd rather be one of those. They, they, it's, there's, there's other ways that we would rather just be popular with people than feel like they are presenting them, presenting to something as sacred as hearing the voice of God for the direction of their life. That's, that's, a, that's a challenging thing. But we've been mandated according to his word, according to his word, that we are watching over the soul. So we're watching over life direction. We're watching over the, the, what all goes into the soul when the voice of God speaks. We're watching over those things. Numbers 12, 1 through 9, it's an interesting scenario here with Miriam and Aaron and Moses, Moses leading the Israelites, the head, the leader, the watcher over the souls of the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. Um, uh, Aaron and Miriam were kind of co-leading and are, are there with them, kind of supporting that thing. And watch this. It says, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because the Cushite woman whom he had married, so they didn't agree on what he was doing as a leader, for he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Like, he's not the only one who hears his voice. The leader is not the only one who hears his voice. And guess what? What they're saying is true. Yeah. Miriam and Aaron also hear. He has, has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. The Lord heard them say, God speaks to us too. He doesn't only speak through Moses. He speaks to us. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out, and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. He says, Hear my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in a riddle. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he bounced. Oh, that was my version. He departed. Miriam and Aaron were like, we here too. Look at what our leader's doing. And God schools them in a profound way. 
He says, yeah, you, you hear me, but it's different with leaders. It's a little different for that level of leadership. He speaks with visions and dreams, and he gives you impressions, and you get sensings, and he's saying, but it's different with my leaders. It's different for the ones who watch over your soul. I, 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 I get face-to-face with them. I'm mouth-to-mouth. It's a little bit more involved. It, it, it's, see, what you need needs interpretation because you got a vision and a dream, and so there's a vagueness to what you got. But with him... I'm revealing what's really going on behind the scenes. See, I, I, I didn't realize this until I became a leader. I, when I became a leader, God started speaking to me differently than, than just, and then, and then again, different levels and, and different places of leadership. God started speaking differently to me. And there was, there was, it was just like, wow, this is like, whoa, like, I've never heard that. And I, I, I almost can trace the relationship that he was looking to have with me as a leader, because he was entrusting me to a people that there had to be something a lot more intimate and a lot, something a lot more clear than what he would just share with others because I was in the responsibility of watching over people's souls, and there's many leaders in here, you, we have to be able to interpret what it is that they're getting. We've got to interpret the v- dreams. We've got to help them with the uh, visions. We have to help them with the riddles and the impressions and all those things. And it's almost like God is saying, I'm giving you a new level of relationship in which I'm speaking to you because of the noise and because of the people and even the pain that comes with leadership with how other people will treat you by the way that they think they're relating to me. So it's sort of like you're going to experience a thorn as a leader. So I got to get closer to you. I'm going to get closer to you. Because at times you're not going to be popular with them. And they're not going to like what you say to them. So I got to get mouth to mouth with you. I got to get closer to you. And this was, that, that's, that's, that's part of it. It's part of like why he is, it's when we're going and hearing God for a life decision, he safeguards us by putting us in a place where there is the word of God to one and the nature of God. This is important because, where do I want to go with this? Well, let me help you with this. So, so in my journey, I, t- I talk about this here, where when, when I heard from God, God, God spoke to me, when we were in Lancaster about the need for I remember there was the word, there's an urgency. I remember he said, I, there's an urgency. There's an urgency to what I need you to begin to do now. And the impression I was getting, it was to read the word more so than ever. Like, and I was already, I, I read the word and all that stuff. He's like, I need you to study. I need you to be like, almost like a theologian. I need you to get into the word. I need you to get some other things by just like all the stuff that you like to read about. I need you to get like theologically astute. I need you to get in it. So I was like, okay. So he, he spoke, to, spoke that to me, and so that was my impression. That was sort of like started to, started to go after those things. Later on, I would get a prayer by somebody at an altar call where they would pray over me um, about, and we were answering an altar call to be uh, to just saying yes to if God wanted to send us out. So 
We're like, okay, we'll say yes because we're all in for God. So we, we answered the altar call, got prayed for. And in that prayer, as we get prayed for, the, the man who was praying for me was saying things like the key words like urgent. It's urgent. God wants to do something with you immediately. He's, he's expediting, moving on the process. And, 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 and God, you, all that stuff. And so I was like, oh my gosh. Like it resonated with me because I heard God's voice over here and I felt like I heard God's voice again through this prayer. So I'm hearing God's voice because he spoke over here to me personally. Now he's speaking through this man of God. But I didn't go out and start planning a church after that moment because that was the impression I was getting. It was plant. Oh, he's saying like plant a church and, and do something like that. No, at that point, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I feel like this is a connection with the word I got over here. Then I talked to my wife and I said, babe, what do you, like, this is the impression I'm getting. And I told her the story. And I'm really I hear her speak, and then she says, whatever, like, whatever it is that you want to go and God is speaking to you, I will follow. Then I heard God through her voice, her voice of encouragement, her voice of, of support. Because for me, if there was a hesitancy in my wife towards these things, then that to me is like, okay, I got to slow up on some things because I might be mistranslating what I heard over here. Are you following me? So I heard God's voice over here. I hear God's voice over here. But I, I'm making sure, again, it's the word of God. I'm doing things in a way that this is honoring the word of God and the nature of God because God's nature is relationship. I can't just be doing stuff and then like, dragging my kids and my wife along. And so now, boom, I said, okay. Wait a second. It looks like we're, there's a life direction taking place here. He spoke something to me personally, and now it looks like he's, there's a life direction. And then finally I said, okay, this is, this is, this is it. Like if I'm going to step into anything, it ain't happening without my. So I talked to my apostle, Pastor Phil. And listen, when I'm presenting him to this thing that I'm getting, I am neutral. Do you understand? It's like I'm not like this is what God told me to do. Now kiss it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I submitted that thing to him for real. For real. It's just so hard to explain this because it's so hard to, you've, I've, it's hard, to, I've never seen this. Like even, like it's been very few people who've actually know how to submit something instead of do the token Anyway, so, so boom, so uh, presented to him, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, he's going, if anything, I'm thinking, yeah, he's just going to shut this down, he's going to put this three years out, whatever. I'm like, if at all, and, and, and he, he pauses, and I, I can remember like yesterday, there we were on Shipping and Locust, we were on the steps, we were just chit-chatting, I said, maybe this is a good time. I put it before him, and I just sit there, and I'm like, yeah, like, this, the, 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 let's, see, let's see what he does with this, and he stops, and he's like, man. It's going to hurt to lose you, but we'll get behind it, and we'll release you. I was like, no. <laughs> no. No. Seriously, I was like, oh, my gosh. Then I started planning. I wasn't in it. I had no plans. This was, I needed to hear the voice of God, and what I heard over here was something, what I heard... And I had to keep going because I needed to hear the voice of God. And I learned to hear my God through my leader's voice. If you can't hear God through your leader's voice, then I don't think you can hear from God fully. I don't think you can fully hear God if you can't hear God through your, 
And if you need a scripture reference for that, just look at Samuel. Because before he can hear God for himself, he, every time he was hearing Samuel, what did he do? He was like, Eli, did you say something to me? We don't even realize that sometimes God's voice sounds like our leader's voice. And, 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 and Eli, even in the condition he was, was able to redirect Samuel to be able to hear God's voice for himself. So learning to hear God's voice through your leader's voice because your leaders have built a history of hearing God correctly. There has to be something to that. They have a history. Come on, there's a fruit, there's proof somewhere. Some of us are just experimenting with God's voice when it comes to life direction. There has to be some value to those who watch over your soul who've been been able to fight things on your behalf that you weren't even aware of when you were sleeping. They've warded off wolves where you were not, when you were not realizing. They, they were hearing God's voice. They were getting mouth-to-mouth, up close and personal with him. And it's not always popular what they say sometimes to those who really want to interpret what God is saying based on their bias and their desire. Leaders help you so that you don't mix God's voice with your own personal desire. Guards you. All right, like, it's, it's like learning a different language. And, you know, it's, it's something like when you're younger, uh, well, when you're a baby, you're, the plasticity of your brain is like, it's, it's very fluid. It's very moving. It's like it's moldable. As we grow older, it's a lot more challenging for us to learn other languages because our brains sort of have formed and been shaped to the things that we know and understand and how to communicate those sounds. That's why it's so powerful when the scripture says that you, you're born again. When you're born again, you get to learn a different culture. You get to learn a new language. He says, renew, have a renewed, uh, you, the transformative, I want to renew your mind. I'm shaping you and I'm giving you a different, and that renewing of the mind allows you to interpret and understand the language from heaven, the whispers of God. In order to learn a new language, it's actually finding a way to enjoy what you're learning. So it's not this systematic thing of you got to do this, as much as it's, it's this intangible thing that we all can, can conjure up. And, and want to do, so you got to enjoy it. Because I think about that. It's like hearing the voice of God, you actually got to enjoy being with him. You got to enjoy being in his presence. You got to enjoy interacting with him. You have to enjoy the variety of ways he communicates. You've got to actually enjoy it. It's not, it's not to punish you, like hearing the voice of God. I got to sit there and like he speaks to me and his voice pounds in my face until my hair turns white. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about, like how un- unenjoyable. It's like you got to actually un- enjoy the idea that he's a God who speaks and wants to be known. And that when his words that he shares with you reveal his nature and can be found in his word, and that safeguards you. And it says, enjoy, find, it, find a way to enjoy it, the way, enjoy it the way you would do it. So it says, methods are the first thing. 
You find effective methods of what works for you. Then it says, secondly, after you have those effective methods, systems of learning, get a plan together. And then it finally says, patience. It takes a lot of patience. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but practice with those who are native speakers, who already speak that language. Practice, make mistakes to them, uh, with them. They'll help you with that. And that's what it says. That is the way that we systematize and continue to learn new language. We have methods, there's a system, and there's patience. And I was like, that's it. That's how we learn the language of heaven. That's how we learn to hear his voice. This is, this is my method. Some of my methods. Some of my methods, it's I love to hear him in worship. That might not be the case for you, but I hear his voice in worship. I will get words. I will get those things. So that's one of my methods is worship. So what I need, I, and I enjoy worship. And I enjoy, in, in enjoying worship, I enjoy his speech. I enjoy what he communicates through that, right? But I also, another method of, of the way I hear God is talking to my high-level leadership about things that I'm um, just talking to them, about impressions and things like that. So I love to talk to them because that's one of my methods because in talking to them, there's things that I hear God through them as we're ping-ponging these impressions that we're getting. So those are my methods of how I hear from God. I, there's things that resonate with me. So that's how I hear God. Those are two of the ways I do that. Um, externally processing, in other words, like I like to, and it's really messy sometimes, but I'm like, oh, get this and get this. And then they, they talk like, oh, yeah, I get it. Oh, this is the common denominator and all that stuff. So that's two of my methods. Um, so what's the system or the plan that I put into action based on worship? and externally processing with high-level leaders. Uh, my system is I go to church, and I enter in. I go to church, and I enter in. I don't just let worship happen. I actually enter into worship because I enjoy it, and I enjoy to hear him speak. And so I, I go to church. What a, what a great place to go to hear worship. If not, you, you could do it in the car. You could, do, you could do it and just listen to it, let it wash over you, and you could hear God speak. But that's one of my systems and plans that I have in place so I can hear from God. Another thing I do, and it'll happen right after service, is that after I leave, um, me and my wife will talk about what I just talked about. And I'll tell, uh, like, like, man, I meant to say this or this, and what did you get about that? Why? Because I'm externally processing what it is that I was externally processing with her to hear what she heard and what God was showing her. Because then I hear God more clearly, and then I'll talk to my other leaders, and I'll set up meetings with our elders, and we'll go back and forth from Marco Polo, and we'll just, just, we'll just do those things. Why? Because I'm externally processing, because I'm, I'm hearing, I'm looking to hear God. And part of how I hear God more clearly is through that plan of action of externally processing with leaders and also entering into worship. And finally, I just practice the patience. It's patience. It's like letting it take shape. Is letting what I heard take shape, letting those things materialize, letting certain things come together, and patiently being able to see the fullness of what I discussed and what I heard come into fruition. I'm not overdoing something that I heard, but I'm allowing the patience part of me learning how to not only hear God's voice, but what it looks like to see it in action in my life based on what I'm hearing for other leaders and hearing during worship. That makes sense? You've got to find your method. What is your method? What are the things, where do you enjoy to hear God? What does that look like? 
Find that out. It might be in nature. It might be in solitude. It might be in reading the Word. I mean, that's a great place to do it, by the way. Everybody should be able to, the method of, of hearing. But I wanted to give you some other examples of how I hear the voice of God. And so hearing the voice of God is practicing His presence, and we are called to enjoy Him with all of our senses, all of our senses. God doesn't speak to us like, it's not, only, it's not always like this whisper and it's audible, it's visual. There's things that he'll show. There's, there's pictures that I've seen and things I've gotten. I'm like, oh, God, I feel like I'm, I'm getting something from God with that. So it's, 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 a, it's a full activity. That's the God we have is that he is so eager to speak to us that he knows the form that best speaks to you in your senses that he's willing to go there with you and do that. And he'll whisper through a billboard sign. He'll whisper through a through a neighbor. He'll whisper through. There might not be a, all these hundreds of words that I've already spoken. And then there's just one word that gets spoken. It's like, that was God. I heard him for myself. That's, that's that word that I needed. And I need to explore that a little bit more. So it's visual. It's it's, it's, it's all those different things. God uses it all to communicate us. Just remember the written word, which are laws and principles, and the nature of God, who he is, his heart. God is a reconciler. God is a lover. God is patient. God is a covenant maker. God is a family guy, not the cartoon that you see that comes on after the Simpsons. It's, it's, God is God is about family. So if there's something that he's speaking that it takes you away from those things, you're about to crash. You're about to crash. If it's, if it's the opposite of his word, you're, 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 you're hearing God and you're misinterpreting and not translating that well. Here's a, a guy who would come to me and say, hey, God is calling me to marry that girl. Okay. All right, word of God, the nature of God. Word of God, nature of God. That's how I was like, okay, so, so you're not divorced yet. I don't think that's God. You're married and God called you. I don't think you're hearing God. I, I think it's safe to say, I think I could take you to some scripture. I think I can, I could take you to his nature where he's a covenant God. I, I, I think... I, you know what I hear God? I, I hear God saying to me that I, I just need to stay home in my pajamas and listen to the sermons through live stream and sit right there. I don't have to be in church. I can just look on video. The word of God. Let's do this. He says in his word to not forsake the assembly of brethren. I think his nature is that he's trying to do things as a family, as a body. So do you go out grocery shopping? and leave your hand at home. So there are things that people will say, I heard from God, but really there's guardrails. And when you're making a life decision, there's things when it comes to your personal, how you're called to function, that's one thing. But when it comes to life decisions, there's guardrails there. And leaders are there to help you to say, listen, word of God, nature of God. Whatever you're hearing, and if it is, no, disregarding those two different things, then it is, you're in for a crash. Now, we can't do anything else but kind of forewarn you 
and lovingly share you. And Paul even says, man, I pleaded with them. I cried for them. I begged for them to do that. But after all said and done, you're going to drive where you want to drive. You're going to believe God said what he said. You're going to let all those things. So it's up to you whether you want to do that. And, but is that even that God's nature? Now, I don't see anything in the nature of Jesus that is rebellious. I see Jesus, the nature of who he is, he has a father who's asking him to do something that means it's the cost of his life, and he's willing to submit to that. And we can't even submit to being on church on time. Like, no, oh, it's like I'm dying if I have to get up a little earlier. And Jesus, the nature of Jesus was when he submitted to his headship. He wasn't just self-directing his life. He was a self-directing his life. He lived within the guardrails of the nature of his father and the word of his father. And that's why he was able to go down that narrow. It says broad is the way to destruction. Why? Because there's no guardrails. Broad is the way to destruction. You got many options. You could do whatever you want. But guess what? At the end of that, destruction. Narrow is the way of life because it has boundaries to your freedom. But if you want, you can have no boundaries and go right into enslavement. It's a trick of the enemy to think that boundaries are there to enslave you. All they're there is to get you to the end and get you to be an overcomer and get you to the place where you're going to like where you end up. Last thing. Last thing. I want to I read to you this awesome story that I thought about. And I can kind of say it off the top of my head, but I think it would be better to read it. It's called The Song of a King. The three knights sat at the table and listened as the prince spoke. My father, the king, has pledged the hand of my sister to the first of you who can prove himself worthy. The prince paused to let the men take in the news. He looked at their faces, each weathered from miles and scarred from battles. The kingdom knew no stronger warriors than these three. And these three soldiers knew of no fairer maiden than the daughter of the king. Each knight had asked the king for her hand. The king had promised only an opportunity, a test to see which was worthy of his daughter. And now the time for the test had arrived. Yes, it is a, yeah, your test is a journey, the prince explained, a journey to the king's castle by way of hemlock. The forest, one knight quickly inquired. The forest, answered the prince. There was a silence as the kings pondered the words. Each felt a stab of fear they knew the danger of Hemlock, a dark and deadly place. Parts of it were so thick with trees that the sunlight never found the floor. It was the home of the Hope Knots, small, sly creatures with yellow eyes. Hope Knots were not very strong, but they were clever, and they were many. Some people believed the Hope Knots were lost travelers, changed by the darkness. But no one really knew for sure. We will travel alone, Carlisle spoke. A strange question from the strongest of the three knights. His fierce sword was known throughout the kingdom, but even, his steely so, even the steely soldier knew better than to travel hemlock unaccompanied. You may each select one companion, but the forest is dark. The trees made, make the sky black. How will we find the castle? This time it was Anlon who spoke. He was not as strong as Carlisle, but much quicker. He was famous for his speed. Elon 
left trails of baffled enemies who grasp, whose grasp he escaped by ducking into trees or scampering over walls. But swiftness is worthless if you have no direction. So Anlon asked, how will we find the way? This prince nodded, reached into his sack, and pulled out an ivory flute. There are only two of these, he explained, this one and another one in the possession of the king. He put the instrument to his lips and played a soft, sweet aura. Never had the knights heard such soothing music. My father's flute plays the same song. His song will guide you to the castle. How is that? Elon asked. Three times a day, the king will play from the castle wall when the sun rises, when the sun peaks, or when the sun sets. Listen for him. Follow his song, and you will find the castle. There is only one other flute like this one, only one. And you and your father play the same music? Yes. It was Kassadon's inquiry. Kassadon was known for his alertness. He saw that what others missed, he knew the home of a traveler by the dirt on his boot. He knew the, he, he knew the, story of the, he knew the truth of the story by the eyes of the teller. He could tell the size of a marching army by the number of birds in flight. Carlisle and Elon wondered why he had asked about the flute. It wouldn't be very long before they found out. Consider the danger and choose your companion carefully, the prince cautioned. The next morning, the three knights mounted their horses and entered Hemlock. Behind each rode the chosen companion. For the people in the king's castle, the days waited past slowly. All knew of the test. All wondered which knight would win the princess. Three times a day, the people stopped their work to listen. And after many days and countless songs, a watchman spotted two figures stumbling out of the forest into the clearing. No one could tell who they were. They were too far from the castle. The men had no horses, no weapons, and no armor. Hurry, commanded the king to his guard. Bring them in. Give them medical treatment and food. But don't tell anyone who they are. Dress the knight as a prince. We will see their faces tonight at the banquet. He then dismissed the crowd and told them to prepare for the feast. That evening, a festive spirit filled the banquet hall. At every table, people tried to guess which knight had survived Hemlock. Finally, the moment came to present the victor. At the king's signal, the people became quiet, and he began to play the flute. Once again, the ivory instrument sang. The people turned to see who would enter. Many thought it would be Carlisle, the strongest. Others felt it would be Alon, the swiftest. But it was neither. The knight who survived the journey was Cassidin, the wisest. He strode quickly across the floor, following the sound of the flute one final time and bowing before his king. Tell us of your journey, he was instructed. The people leaned forward to listen. He said the hope knots were treacherous, Cassadon began. They attacked, but we resisted. They took our horses, but we continued. What nearly destroyed us, though, was something far worse. What was that, asked the princess. They imitated. They imitated, asked the king. Yes, my king, they imitated. Each time the song of your flute would enter the forest, a hundred flutes would begin to play. All around us, we heard music songs from every direction. I do not know what became of Carlisle and Alon, he continued, but I know strength and speed would not help one hear the right flute. The king asked a question that was on everybody's lips. And how did you hear my song? 
I chose the right companion. He answered as he motioned for his fellow travelers to enter. The people gasped. It was the prince. In his hand, he carried the flute. I knew there was only one who could play the song as you do, Casadon explained. So I asked him to travel with me. As we journeyed, he played. I learned your song so well that though a thousand false flutes tried to hide your music, I could still hear you. I knew your song and I followed it. The voice of God is there to guide us into overcoming. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on at In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia.